Chemistry is literally everywhere, but that can be hard to see when you're an eighth grader. Hi, I'm Leslie Bright, the science teacher at Carlisle Middle School. Each year I go on a metaphorical quest to find a topic that my class loves and is seemingly unrelated to chemistry. This year, it turns out a lot of the class of 2020 is into learning about war and history. So this season, And Chemistry is bringing you four episodes about how World War II and chemistry overlapped. Each episode's topic was chosen, researched, written, recorded, and edited by my students. Have you ever wondered if there was anything so bad that even Hitler wouldn't do it? Did you know that meth helped fuel the Nazi invasion of France? Curious how the atomic bomb was made or how medicine changed because of World War II? Well, then you're in the right place. Thank you for joining us for this season of And Chemistry. Hello, my name is Jackson Carey. And I'm Grace Cooper. What are we talking about today, Jackson? Today, we're discussing how chemistry and World War II relate to one another. So, what better topic than how the Nazis and the Japanese were on crystal meth? Wait, hey Jackson, I've got a good one. What do you call a duck on drugs? A quackhead. (laughs) A lot of podcasts would interview people who worked for a company that was involved, had actual experience using drugs, or maybe even an expert on the topic. But we're in eighth grade during a pandemic and none of us are quarantined with World War II drug scientists. The first person to make pervitin, which is a mixture of cocaine, oxycodone, and methamphetamines, was a Japanese scientist named Osaka Prefecture. Then a German doctor named Fritz Hochschild began manufacturing it. Interestingly, he also pioneered the East Germany Sports Doping Program, which is the distribution of enhancement drugs to elite athletes across Germany. Thanks, Fritz and Osaka. In World War II, the Japanese gave pervitin to kamikaze pilots to calm them down. Is it so they were more likely to be able to blow themselves into smithereens? I mean, yeah. It was then introduced again by Timler Pharmaceutical Company, based in Berlin. The Nazis mainly took it because it made them very calm and feel as if all their worries melted away. It also helped them stay up all night for multiple nights in a row. That's the best part about being on meth. When it's Halloween, you only have two more sleeps until Christmas. In 1940, the German army called for an order of 35 million tablets for military use in a so-called stimulant decree. Pervitin became popular in a month with an aggressive advertising campaign. It was even sold as chocolate spiked with meth. Meth, like chocolate, is famous for rotting your teeth. So I guess we all know what the Nazis wanted for Christmas. Their two front teeth back. On May 10, 1940, the order of Pervitin, along with more than 40,000 army vehicles, gathered near the German-Luxembourg border, and with a single push went through the Ardennes forest and into the French border. The Nazis ate the chocolate when they invaded France, and it was said that it would give them lightning speed. So you're telling me that France was basically conquered by a sugar rush and mess? Kind of, I guess. Anyway, we can thank the Axis power and World War II for methamphetamine, a problem that persists to this day. With our state of Indiana being one of the top eight states for drug use and the top state in the U.S. with the most meth labs, this is a problem that hits close to home for us. In conclusion, don't use meth. It's harmful to you, your teeth, and the people around you. Especially if you happen to be a Nazi invading France. Don't be like the Nazis. Say no to meth. This episode was researched by Kale Figley, written by Grace Cooper, and edited by Jacob Chastain. 
Check out the show notes for all of our sources. Special thanks to our podcast wizard, Joe Connolly, from Carlisle Middle School, Class of 2020. Thanks for listening.